0: I'm judging you. I'm judging everything about you. The way you look, the way you sound, that bead of sweat on your forehead. I'm looking at it. I'm drawing conclusions about it. I'm even writing about it. And then I'm putting that writing through Google Translate to translate it to Spanish. Because I want a lot of people to know my opinion of you. That's right. That's all I'm doing. And more of what I'll be doing today as I review July's releases from Time Magazine's article, The Best Books of the Summer 2020, on an all-new Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain okay let me let me just lay this out for you it's free there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer and and get this okay Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. For those that maybe didn't listen to the last episode where we did this, there's a Time Magazine article called 45 New Books You Need to Read This Summer, written by Andrew R. Cho, Annabelle Gutterman, and Katie Steinmetz. Uh, From the May 22nd, 2020, uh, I guess it was posted up then, uh, I got it in last week's Time magazine, but it was on the internet before, as most things happen these days. All right, here we go. Memoirs and Misinformation by Jim Carrey and Dana Vacon, coming out July 7th. The semi-disclaimer that Jim Carrey has made about his debut book says it all. None of this is real and all of it is true. The quasi-autobiographical novel from the actor follows a fictionalized Jim Carrey, who also happens to be a movie star. This Carrey is feeling both lonely and unsatisfied in his middle age, leading him in an odd path toward creative fulfillment. In depicting his difficulties, the real-life Carrie and his co-offer, Dana the Chan, craft a wild narrative about the lengths some will go to stay relevant. <laughs> Jim Carey. How typical that this guy who has been in Uh, Charlie Kaufman, he was in one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Uh, He would be in this Charlie Kaufman-esque kind of book. Like, Charlie Kaufman did a movie called Adaptation that was about a screenwriter named Charlie Kaufman that was also struggling with his life, and now Jim Carrey's writing a novel that's kind of the same thing with the assistance of someone else. That's kind of about him, but kind of isn't. Also, Jim Carrey played Andy Kaufman, who often blurred the lines between real and fiction. There are a lot of conspiracy theories out there, actually, that Jim Carrey was killed years ago and that the current version we have is just a clone, and you can actually look that up. That's a thing. He's one of many clones that the Deep State has supposedly created. I think this book's going to be great because even though it's got a lot of the formulas that have been out there already for for celebrities that want to blur the line between real and fiction, I mean, Larry David does it. Um... Oh man, Gary Handling did it before Larry David did. Uh, you have like Kenya Barris's show Blackish, that's about uh, you know him playing a writer, that's himself. Uh, really, the, this blurring of the fictional and the reality. If it was like, I wouldn't be as interested if this was like Adam Scott's novel about Blurring the Line or Zach Braff. Like, Jim Carrey is just, I think, an interesting guy. And I think his clone is pretty interesting, too. So I think it'll be a great book. But also, Jim Carrey, just accept that you're Andy Kaufman at this point. You owe him everything, really. I mean, he's doing the Andy Kaufman thing still. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to give this book a... A minus uh, for originality and concept is the minus, but the fact that it's Jim Carrey and he's putting out a book is just, it's sure to pro, it's probably going to be gold. So looking forward to that. Notes on a silencing by Lacey Crawford. Also coming out July 7th. In 2017, the state of New Hampshire opened a criminal investigation into the elite prep school, St. Paul's, after reports of decades of sexual misconduct at the school began to surface in the media. Former student Lacey Crawford kept her alleged sexual assault in 1990 at age 15 a secret until that moment. Crawford connected with the detectives on the case and wrote Notes on a Silencing, which details not only her attack, but also the forces that allowed predators to operate at the school. Wow. A memoir that sounds extremely powerful. Um, The cover is... I didn't even really like the cover for Jim Carrey's. He's basically ripping off the Haruki Murakami style of, like half faded face, colors, even the font looks like Haruka Murakami. I mean, it's the same exact kind of look, so not impressed, but this is like, you look at notes of a silencing the cover, and it's got that, it's that dark New England hallway, one girl walking down the hall, you see a bust of like a, you know, obviously a, it might be Julius Caesar. Um, you know, I mean, hey, I. I I bet this is compelling, Uh, very interested in what's going on at St. Paul's prep school. And also in general, the, uh, you know, I mean, Me Too went through Hollywood, some big business people, but uh, I think there's been so much sexual misconduct in the history of humanity that hasn't touched every facet of society yet especially big corporations. I mean, you would think that someone at Bank of America would get too would but hey, bankers run everything, so, you know, we'll see. Hollywood's gonna go down first. But, I mean, the book sounds compelling. I like New Hampshire. I'm from Massachusetts, so I can picture it. And you got detectives working on the case. I bet it's going to be, I'm going to give this an A for, again, it's not the lightest topic in the world, but if you're looking for memoirs about sexual misconduct in New England, like that niche that's next to teen paranormal romance at Barnes & Noble, uh, then definitely, I recommend going for it. Okay. Want by Lynn Stager Strong, also coming out July 7th. First stuff I got to tell you guys before I read this description the, that cover already winged me over. It looks like a blanket made out of the fabric that it looks like the colors of that Marty McFly in Back to the Future Part 2. He's got that hat that's like kind of like uh you know all the different colors like like it's a little like it's a little like radioactive in a way. It's like woo colorscape. Uh, it's like a bedsheet on this cover that has that. It's, it's, it's trippy, man. And that, to me, signals a great book. Okay, here's the description. Following her 2016 debut, Hold Still, Lynn Stager-Strong's second novel examines a woman who once had dreams of professorship but now seems to be hurtling towards bankruptcy in a midlife crisis. Unmoored and unmotivated, She finds solace in novels, as well as a long-lost childhood friend who harbors lost aspirations of her own. Hmm. Hurdling towards bankruptcy? Wanted to be a professor? Unmoored and unmotivated. She's finding... Oh, gosh. This... Okay. I'm not into it. I'm bored. I'm sure it's great for the right literary person. Whatever. I don't care about, like someone who's dreaming to be a professor like what kind of a dream is that uh especially after the last book where we see that professors can be i mean of course this was saint paul so it's got who knows what who was i'm not going to say professors were causing sexual misconduct but what i'm saying is this what kind of an aspiration is that to be a professor i'm bored i don't care and i don't care that you can reference other novels that you've read into your second follow-up book and there too in this blurb who were is this andrew Archo show that wrote this blurb i have no idea it doesn't tell you in the article but i have a feeling this guy long lost childhood friend who harbors lost aspiration solace midlife crisis this blurb is full of negativity and I don't want to feel bad about the book that I'm going to go into, especially when the dream is professorship. My gosh. Lindstager Strong, you are not winning me over. Hold Still is the title of your first book. Boring. Want is the title of your second book. Boring. Sorry, but right now you're getting a C. I'm not drawn to this. It is average. And the only reason you're not getting lower than that is because I want bedsheets like that book cover. So thank you for that. All right, next. Mother, Daughter, Widow, Wife by Robin Wasserman. Also debuting July 7th. On a bus to Philadelphia, a woman is found with no identification. She doesn't know where she came from or where she's going, The state gives her a name, Wendy Doe, and diagnoses her with temporary amnesia, though it may not be so temporary. Mother, daughter, widow, wife, finds Wendy on a harrowing plight as she becomes a subject in a research project run by a doctor with questionable intentions. In Wasserman's timely examination of memory, womanhood, and power, Wendy's daughter sets out to find her mother, and their situation only grows more grave. Huh? Huh? Whoa! Sounds pretty. Seems pretty weird. Um, covers nothing to write home about. I mean, you know, it's it's got just letters on an orange background, and you know, some like script behind the block letters. I, yeah, your your cover's not win- winning me over, Wobin Wasserman. I always love the name Wendy. Wendy's my mother's name. Wendy is the name of the character in Ozark, who played by Laura Linney. Amazing. Hmm. Honestly, I'm a little kind of... Hmm, I'm sure it's an interesting tale. I'm not too drawn into people who have amnesia stories. Like, if you're going to give me a woke-up-and-has-no-memory story it needs to be radically different than what's in the mainstream. There have been so many tales of people just not knowing who they are, having new identities. My parents used to watch a show together about a guy who had no idea who he was, and now they watch it in real life with their son recording a podcast. The point is that this book is a solid B- minus in my grade. Like, it's going to pass... I'm sure this research project run by a doctor with ill intentions is always a a great kind of, oh, it's not just amnesia, there's a research project. What's he, maybe it's part of a bigger government conspiracy. That's where my brain goes, and I'm glad that this blurb uh, got me there. But, as a book itself... I'm giving my experience wanting to pick up this book, and that's really what this is, rating my experience of wanting to consume the culture, not actually consuming it. So I'm going to give it a B minus. Uh, but if you're into that kind of thing, you know what? Uh, here, here's to you. Crooked Hallelujah by Kelly Jo Ford, coming out July 14th. Kelly Jo Ford... A citizen of Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma follows four generations of Cherokee women as they persevere through poverty, broken relationships, wildfires, tornadoes, oil busts, and acts of violence in her debut novel. In a 2018 interview, Ford described the roots of her work. Very nearly all of my inspiration and writing and life comes from the women who raised me. Full disclosure, I'm never going to pick up this book. I'm just not. Now, I feel very guilty about it. And this book won the Plimpton Prize. and the tight the cover looks really cool. like kind of like like if I imagined like what a girl like like, like a like a femme trucker cover is how I describe this. Like, look this up. Crooked Hallelujah, Kelly Joe Ford, like femme trucker style. I'm gonna say this is for the right person. Again, I'm never gonna pick up this book. I'm going to give it an A-. minus. Natural disasters kind of bore me in reading, so that's why I'm giving it a minus, but I bet it'd be good. So, uh, yeah. This is just at least my experience, again, of am I going to even purchase this and read this book, which is totally unfounded. You should never judge books the way I'm doing it, but that's why I have a podcast to do it, because I like doing it. The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones, coming out July 14th. Horror writer Stephen Graham Jones has published more than a dozen novels and hundreds of short stories. His latest, The Only Good Indians, combines mortal danger with social commentary as it follows four men trying to escape revenge for their actions during an elk hunt long ago. The protagonists, like the author, are part of the Blackfeet Nation. Wow. What a blurb. That is so vague. It is so vague. Stephen Graham Jones. I am a fan of Stephen Graham Jones because when I started getting really into horror fiction, uh, Stephen Graham Jones was putting out all those anthologies and gathered all these great horror writers together uh to, i don't know if they were great horror writers but they had these collections at the bookstore that uh, were great i'm not sure i'm that interested Because I don't have any knowledge about elk hunting or the Blackfeet Nation. I mean, I didn't know Stephen Graham Jones was part of the Blackfeet Nation. Also, what is the Blackfeet Nation? Okay, but the fact that it's making me want to look it up is starting to get points in its favor. And the cover is is a moose, and the words are between the antlers. Mortal danger with social commentary is also just a great... Great juxtaposition of two different things. I give this. Mm, this is gonna be tough. This is gonna be very tough. I'm gonna give it a B plus. B plus. It's somewhere between B plus and A minus, but I'm gonna give it a B plus because I'm not really that drawn into the subject matter. Give me like a ghost or a demon. It get. I'd push it to an A minus, but again, it makes me want to look up the Blackfeet Nation. So yeah, that's what that's what you're getting, Stephen Graham Jones. Keep doing what you're doing though. This next one, I bet it's gonna be open loops magic. Let's see if it lives up to the expectation. Expectation already like intellectual escapism meter is going Like it is way up. Here we go. Utopia Avenue by David Mitchell which comes out July 14th. Given how David Mitchell loves sweeping fantastical and self-mythologizing narratives as in his previous novels Cloud Atlas and The Bone Clocks, it's fitting that he would turn to psychedelic rock source material utopia avenue stretches nearly 600 pages to tell the rise and fall of a 60s british rock band of the same name covering in machilian fashion a blend of drugs truth ego and schizophrenia what the heck i don't even i mean oh this is great david mitchell a you're getting an a man um whoever wrote this uh, I mean, Annabelle, I bet this was you. You're drawing me in. I have no idea who these authors are or who wrote this. Uh, but sounds really cool. Love the title. It's got clouds. It's got circles. Like, 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 circles inside circles inside circles. I'm telling you, this is open loops. Utopia Avenue. Take me to Utopia Avenue, Please. Psychedelic rock is also uh, I mean the possibilities I've listened one of the things I started doing was listening to Apple music playlists of psychedelic rock this past year and and we're talking I mean you know, uh time of the season, psychedelic rock is just an awesome source of inspiration. 600 pages to tell the rise and fall of a British rock band. And this guy has a fashion, David Mitchellian fashion. I mean, the idea that this writer already has something going. I'm not familiar with David Mitchell's work. I'm gonna really look into it. Blend of drugs, truth, ego, and schizophrenia. I mean, is that not a new blend? Everybody's making sourdough, but what would you make if you had that set of ingredients? Probably this novel. It's getting an A, and it's going on the list of things Greg wants to read in his life. Speculatively. Speculatively. Next up, we have Sex and Lies, True Stories of Women's Intimate Lives in the Arab World. By Lila Slimani, coming out July 14th. Lila Slimani is known for exploring riveting taboos in her fiction. Her latest book, Sex and Lies, explores them in real life. In 2015, the author visited her native Morocco while on tour for Adile, a novel that offers readers the chance to sympathize with a duplicitous, sex-addicted wife. The tale inspired women in that country, where adultery and sex before marriage are punishable laws, to tell the author about their own struggle navigating desire and social norms. These confessions became the backbone of her new nonfiction work, an appeal for change, originally written in French, that is given some extra heft by Slimani's position as an official representative for French language and culture. Wow. Sex and Lies. Great topics for a novel. This isn't a novel, though. Or it looks like... Uh, it's not. It's really interesting. I think uh, learning about the contradictions that these women have had to deal with, uh, being part of the Arab world but still having desires, that tension is always interesting to me. I'm sure it's a really fascinating book. I Would I read it? If I were to go to a Barnes & Noble and see it, probably not going to be my first choice. It's a little too grounded in reality as much as desire is temptation, um, you know, that that's a temptation in terms of, like, the fantastical and the escapist, like, what does that mean? I think, though, in terms of the fact that it was written in French originally gives it a huge boost. Like, what is French if not seduction, if not pulling you into the world of love? Uh, so with that said, I'm going to give it a B. It covers a photo of two women who are obsensively covered in the book, or from the Arab world, um, and sex and lies. It's got that really kind of like like L.A. confidential lettering, like boom, like it's in your face. Scandal, scandal font. I would call it like scandal font. I give it a B because for me, I'm not drawn all the way in. Uh, now I give it a B plus. I give it a B plus. The plus because it's French. There's Desire. There's questioning. There's desire versus social norms. Interesting tension. Um, Grounded too grounded in reality for me, though. So, I give it a B plus in terms of the description. Uh, Yeah, again, you'll notice there is a bias here of these must best books of the summer against nonfiction. That's absolutely correct. Um, B. They get B B for bias. These grades because. I'm telling you, I, my brain really wants to not deal with reality. That's right. Justifying Immaturity. Welcome to the Open Loops Podcast. Here we go. Big Friendship. How We Keep Each Other Close. By Amanato So and Ann Friedman. Premiering. July 14th. The co-hosts of the podcast, Call Your Girlfriend, Amina To So and Anne Friedman, reflect on more than 10 years of friendship in their new book. From struggling with communication to the realities of being in an interracial friendship, the authors are candid about how they've been able to maintain such a strong bond. Along the way, they prompt readers to consider how they communicate with and fight for the people they hold close. And sharing their personal story, alongside research from social scientists, so and Friedman highlight what it takes for a friendship to last. Wow. That's really cool. I, I I don't know about this podcast. First of all, great work like promoting a podcast in the context of a blurb about your book. Intrigued. Definitely might check that out. Uh I think friendship is at least good friendship in this era. Uh, I've struggled to figure out what... The ratio of how many friends I need versus the friends that I currently have. The ratio of the time I should spend with that person versus, you know, what am I actually getting. Deepening friendships, like actively working on a friendship, is something that I don't think we take in society seriously enough. This book, Welcoming Cover... Uh, really beautiful, different, you know, we got an orange circle and it looks like, like a green or gray circle, uh, and against the pink background. Um, you know, Hey, this could be like chick lit with, like, a pop science sort of thing going on here, but I don't want to say it's that. I think that reduces what this is going to be. I think it's a really interesting... Uh, the realities of being in an interracial friendship is interesting in itself, and then we're talking about social scientists and, and what makes for good companions. You know what? I'm drawn in. I'm going to give it a B. Um, I, I'm sorry, an A-, minus. A-, and look, it's nonfiction, uh, but it also blends into the self-help genre a little bit, so that draws me. Yeah solid minus, a-. Good work, ladies. I'm excited uh, to distill what you've learned from your friendship into something actionable. Okay, here we go. The Pull of the Stars by Emma Donahue, July 21st. Spanning just three days, the author of Room's 11th novel captures the chaos and devastation inside a Dublin hospital maternity ward during the 1918 flu pandemic. There, the hospital staff is being pushed to their breaking points to deliver babies from infected mothers. Eerily reminiscent of our current global health crisis, the pull of the stars brings readers intimately close to a world where healthcare workers risk it all to keep their patients alive. Oh boy. Dark, dystopian, relevant to what's going on right now, Dublin Hospital, eerily reminiscent. I'm bored. I don't want it. I don't want it. It's too, it's too real. It's too scared. Author of Room, though. I mean, Emma Donahue, huge name, really good book. I bet it's probably great. So, you know what? And the cover's got, like, a stopwatch against the black background. And then a, like, uh, like almost like chalk scribbles of stars and planets. Love the cover. Love the Emma Donahue Kind of dreading the subject matter, B plus, B plus, it's drawing me in, but B plus, people are going to have to tell me you really need to read this book for me to want to read it. I'm not going to, the blurb ain't, the blurb ain't working for me. It's not working. I'm not sold yet. Next we have the answer is reflections on my life by Alex Trebek coming out July 21st. Alex Trebek has been a fixture in American culture for more than 30 years guiding Jeopardy! contestants through everyone's favorite trivia gauntlet with the reliability of the sun. And so it felt as if the earth had spun off its axis when the longtime game show host announced in 2019 that he had stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Audience members have always been fascinated with Trebek. What opinions rage behind that unflappable facade? But the news brought a fresh wave of adoring obsession. It was this outpouring of support that helped inspire Trebek to finally write the memoir people have been asking for for decades. What else could it have been titled but, The answer is, Reflections on My Life. Very confused by the question at the end, but that's kind of clever because the title's not actually a question mark, but they're asking a question at the end of it. Great work with that blurb. Smart. Very smart. That is, that is artistry and blurb writing. For a speculative reviewer like myself, you just won major points. Which, Andrew, Katie, Annabelle, whichever one of you pulled that, you are truly you're you're going to my final Jeopardy. So, Alex Trebek decides to write a book, puts his face on it, doesn't have a mustache. Hey, you know what? I want to know what's going on there. This man gave us so many answers. We do have so many questions right that's what the whole thing is about uh let's go let's go inside this head this guy's head i mean i've always had the criticism that just because he's reading the answers doesn't mean he actually knows the answers but he does seem very smart doesn't he he's mysterious how did he get this position as the jeopardy host see look it's already making me ask more questions i'm gonna give this an a minus <laughs> Uh, just because, look, I mean, how interesting can a person be? But at the same time, it's Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek is awesome. We we love this guy. This guy's a part of our, this, this guy's just a part of us. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's also notably one of the longest blurbs in this article. So it, it's going to be in the A material. Let's find out um, how it does once it hits the shelves. A minus, I'm in. Let's Never Talk About This Again by Sarah Faith Alterman, July 28th. Would you pay good money to watch adults go on stage and read cloying illogical journal entries they wrote as a teenager? If the answer is yes, then welcome to Mortified, a much-loved live show and podcast for which Sarah Faith Alderman is a producer. Given Alderman's career trafficking in a basement, as well as her background in comedy writing, it is perhaps not shocking that she had the gumption to write a novel, to write a memoir about a deeply awkward situation, discovering that her father had a secret career as a pornographic novelist. Let's Never Talk About This Again is Alterman's third book, one that tenderly explores family dynamics in the pain of loss as well as the nuances of humiliation. Okay, this is getting like an A+. I will pick that up. I will read through that. There's like a... Is that a monkey? Like a white gorilla turned upside down on the cover? cover looks like a sticky note, but pink. Um. Also, yeah, there's so much going on here that's great. I read the blurb. Aren't you intrigued? You're intrigued. Don't lie to me. You're intrigued. i yes, A. A, closest thing to an A+. I don't want to give A-pluses in my class, but it's it's going there. It's going there. Gotta figure out what's going on with that life. It sounds amazing, whatever that is. That, whatever that story is, drawn in. No Presence, Please. Mumbai Stories by Jayant Kikini, July 28th. It is a challenge to capture a city, to tell a story that sums up a place where countless hopes and fears spark and clang against one another. In writing about Mumbai, a metropolis of 20 million, poet and lyricist Jayant Kekini overcame this in part by telling 16 stories instead of one, translated from the southern Indian language of Canada. No Presents Please is an award-winning collection told through characters like a cinema worker and bus driver. It is a view from the margins, a judge for the SC Prize for South Asian Literature said, and all the more poignant because of it. Sounds really cool sounds really interesting especially written by a poet and lyricist in multiple stories sounds like it could be interesting i'm not giving enough juice though in this blurb this blurb isn't giving me what the topics of the stories are at all it's kind of vague it's very abstract and even it's if it's too abstract for me to even have any intrigue um you're getting a c plus i'm sorry i'm not that interested right now the cover looks cool though it's kind of like the sun and a bus on it C+, plus. I'm going to have a C-plus experience reading this book. I know it. I feel it. Sorry. Can't do it. Can't do it. And now, of course, I don't actually know it, but I know what I feel like I'm going to have. And that's what we're reviewing. The experience of what consuming this might be like. Pretty useless exercise, but let's continue. Must I Go by Yayun Lee. July 28th, when 80-something grandmother Lilia Liska discovers the diary of her former lover Roland, she's thrown into an unexpected exploration of her past. Fascinated by Roland's memories, Lilia delves in his recorded history and starts writing on the pages with her own interpretation of the moments they shared. In doing so, she unveils secrets from long before and reflects on the grief she feels over her daughter, who died by suicide decades earlier. In illustrating the evolution of that lost, Yayun Li, author of Where Reasons End, takes a searing look at the strength of a mother's love. Wonderful, uh, simple cover here. We got some flowers, and against an orange background, I like the simplicity. Sounds like it is going to bore the heck out of me. Unveiling secrets can only go so far when it's. A story about a former lover told from the perspective of an 80-something grandmother. I'm just not that, I, I just don't care that much. Or oh, her daughter who died from suicide. Yeah, very dark. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling Jodi Picoultish this summer. Or ever, frankly. I've never read one of her books, even though people tell me I should. But, I'm not really digging it. I, eh, I'm sure for the right person this is good. Again, I, I'll give it a B plus for the right, no, no, no. B, B, it's not even that great. B it's going to be. It's a novel, but it's still not it's not it's not tantalizing, it's not tempting me in any direction except to ignore it. So let's move on to Two More Left, Two More Left in July. Memorial Drive, a daughter's memoir by Natasha Trethewey, premiering July. 28. Former U.S. Poet Laureate and Pulitzer Prize winner Natasha Treway contemplates the traumas of her youth in her aching new memoir. At 19 years old, Trethewey's life erupted after her stepfather brutally killed her mother. Memorial Drive unpacks that moment and all that came before it, ruminating on Trethewey's experience growing up in Mississippi and later in Georgia. Fixating on her mother's past as well as her own, Trethewey constructs a moving reflection on racism, abuse, and trauma. And the book is a picture of her mother with her. She won a Pulitzer Prize. There's no way this is not an A minus, at least. I think it's an A minus. Personally for me, just because it's brutal racism, abuse, trauma, like dark, dark words, but I have faith that this woman, Natasha, who has obviously displayed that she can write before, is going to knock it out of the park with this story. Now, would I pick it up and buy it, as opposed to, like, a discourse on the history of why balloons are so pretty? Probably not. That's just not where I gravitate towards in the bookstore. But... I can't help but think if I were to read this book that I would be moved and drawn in and astonished at the story. And I bet it's going to really affect people. I mean, there's no way Memorial Drive. It just looks, it looks profoundly and deep and an important story to tell. A minus. And finally, month of July, final book of this article. I Hold a Wolf by the Ears, Laura Vandenberg coming out July 28th. The third short story collection from Laura Vandenberg features 11 unnerving and nuanced narratives on contemporary womanhood. In one, a grief freelancer describes her work impersonating dead wives for widowed husbands. In another, cracks begin to form between a married couple who just moved to Florida. In one of the collection's most heartbreaking tales, the sister of a comatose gunshot victim remembers a trip they recently took to Iceland throughout Van Berg's voice is disquieting and aware as she picks apart the culture that both surrounds and suffocates her female characters. Ugh, whoever worked on this blurb? Steinmetz, I bet this is you, girl. I don't know. Uh, this is great. This is great. I'm already—first of all, the idea that cracks begin to form between a married couple who moved to Florida is like a blurb topic— is just hilarious, and also, I mean, I would pick this up just so I can read the woman impersonating dead wives for widowed husbands, that's such a funny, weird premise, I love that, and the cover makes this soar into A territory, I mean, it's a sheep with, standing on a train track, and the train's coming towards it, I hold the wolf by the ears, I mean, I don't think it's a wolf, it looks like a, sh- is that a wolf? It looks like a sheep. I don't care. Third short story collection and they're giving me descriptions of the stories and disquieting and aware narrative voices. That's the best. That's the best. Laura Vandenberg, very curious about your book. You're getting an A. Congrats. Wow. So those are again the book's premiering coming out in July per the Time Magazine. A uh, published article from May 22nd, 2020, 45 new books you need to read this summer, by Andrew Archo, Annabelle Gutterman, and Katie Steinmetz. I reviewed the blurbs. I reviewed what I think I'm going to experience picking up this book and then reading it. I even reviewed what I thought you might think reading some of these books. Totally inappropriate totally not called for. No one should do this. No one should judge books by covers without reading them. But that's what we do here. This has been Future Reviews on Open Loops. Thank you everybody for listening. Open Loops is available on all major podcast platforms. Feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Love to hear that feedback. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon.